section twenty eight of humorous readings and recitations this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c humorous readings and recitations edited by leopold wagner section twenty eight my friend treacle by watkin elliot so charlie is going to marry the most charming girl in the world i ejaculated after a hearty laugh over the following epistle from my old friend dear bob i am going to do for myself in earnest no humbug this time for better or for worse and if it turns out the latter it will be a scrape no one can get me out of of course you understand i am about to marry and i need not add she is the most charming girl in the world fair sky-blue eyes silkworm i mean spun silk hair lovely in fact come and be my best man do old fellow you have backed me up lots of times before and although we have lost sight of one another since we were boys together that goes for nothing between us does it write by return and say you will support me i have a dread that i shall marry the wrong girl or allow someone else to marry lucy that's her name or do something unlucky unless you look after me yours as ever charlie boston p s it comes off in a fortnight it well that is vague enough but i suppose he means the happy event ye gods and little fishes to call a marriage it but that is like boston and sure to do something unlucky are you well i guess you are not the treacle of old unless you get into some quandary over it i muttered and then i threw myself back in my chair and laughed again as some of our adventures when we were at dr omega's school i mean college presented themselves to my mind glorious times those looking back upon them now although we did not value them in our careless youth at their full worth treacles i e boston's daring always led him to some adventure and i always backed him up in a feeble way perhaps and we always got found out somehow and got our deserts in a manner more satisfactory to lovers of justice than ourselves stunning times the very fact of our being punished for the same crime and at the same time was a bond of union between treacle and myself one touch of sympathy or one touch of the rod made us kin in a manner very peculiar a fellow feeling made us wondrous kind and sympathetic you talk of little dinners and little suppers in these days and seem them epicurean feasts but be really hungry hungry as a schoolboy and enjoy a little supper off kippered herring on the sly that is a feast if you like such feasts as these we enjoyed at mother kemp's 
down the village when the doctor tutors and monitors imagined us safely tucked in our little beds looking upon mother kemp in those days i thought her a good fairy disguised as a witch looking back upon her with manhood's enlightened judgment i think she was an unprincipled old woman who traded on our weaknesses i confess myself to have been a hungry boy boston with a penance which did him credit used to confess the same we both had a propensity to come through our trouser legs and sleeve jackets and what was worse could not help ourselves doing so boston was of an ingenious turn of mind and it was he who suggested that those boys who could afford to be hungry with any satisfaction to themselves should club together for a supper at mother kemp's once a week and it was through one of those suppers or the search for one that he got his sweet sobriquet of treacle he having made the suggestion we elected him chief of our expeditions and thus to a certain extent he held the fate of our appetites in his hands one night we had escaped as usual by means of a rope ladder made by boston from the window of the room of which i was senior boy to mother kemp's in the village mother kemp kept a general shop that is to say she retailed tallow treacle rope bacon herrings soap cotton tops balls butter sweets and so forth and she not only as a rule sold us a supper out of her heterogeneous store but cooked it if needs were and served it for us in her back parlor that is if we could pay ready cash down this night of which i speak we could not we had appealed to madame kemp's motherly heart for trust in vain and we were returning home in a state of double the hunger to that in which we had started on account of our hopes being unfulfilled when charlie boston made a remark in a melancholy tone it was i wonder if the pantry window is open we eyed him askance and in silence and if with a frown of determination on his brow there is anything inside then we knew we were in for something be it to eat or feel and followed him half in hope half in fear the window was open looking upon that casement from my point of view now i decided it was an architectural folly being no more than seven feet from the ground and innocent of bars or protection of any kind and moreover large enough for any one of moderate size to creep through from our point of view then we thought it a very jolly contrivance hurrah shouted boston sotto voce in fact very much sotto voce we will indeed sup at the doctor's expense to-night bless him eh boys either to the supper or blessing we assented joyfully but when our chief asked who was for reconnoitering the question was received in silence suppose it is missed in the morning i mean 
what we eat suggested someone timidly cats said settled boston with laconic contempt but cats don't eat cheese and bah cats eat anything from mice to stewed eels feet who will follow if i lead couldn't you get in and hand something out asked another coolly wish you may get it travers you will follow will you not yes i replied with a little inward shudder lead on macduff and and what you may call it be him that first cries hold enough old enough for what queried the wit of the party look here jenkins don't you be a fool this is not the time for vile puns or shakespeare either with a frown at me it will take a jolly long time for us to all get in one after the other i ruminated upon this snub and a jollier long time to get out if we want to in a hurry suggested the timid one that is true agreed the chief we will toss up an odd man goes in and hands out eh faint applause but the idea was not carried out because upon reflection we remembered mother camp had our last coin never mind cried boston in his happy dare all way i'll do it lend me a back somebody and keep a sharp lookout mind we lent him a back with electricity it being a cheap and easy loan and he drew himself up i see a pie he cried and the words revived us supposing it's a steak we supposed and felt more hungry than ever then we watched him with increased interest as he squeezed his body through the casement paused a moment to recover breath descended gradually and carefully and heavens what was that there was a scuffle and a gasp was it the doctor i think at this juncture my knees began to tremble so i cannot describe what the other sounds in the pantry were at least not with any accuracy i say began someone of our party he was always doing that saying i say and stopping short a nasty habit you know for when one's nerves are unstrung it makes you anxious not to say alarmed old omega whispered another in an odd tone can't be there's no talking no because he's such an awful old fox he thinks he'll catch us all eh the a eh was to one who thought he had better go and see if the latter was there all right it ended in their all going for the same commendable purpose and leaving me behind to look after boston i was very much inclined to follow them i confess but i liked my friend too much to leave him so having a regard for my own personal safety i got behind a laurel and waited silence there and nothing more could it be the doctor could the doctor keep his anger so long bottled up even to catch the rest of us without bursting i thought not he would have had a fit by this time in those days i remember revolving in my mind the advantage i would gain if dr omega did have a fit and died 
it was very horrible of me of course but then i was a boy and as i looked at the doctor's purple visage was it colored by the liquid etc i decided that if he were removed no matter how i might have a jolly holiday until another authority was placed over me or i placed under another authority oh it was wicked of me i know terribly wicked but true may revenant a boston if it was not the doctor in there with him it may be the cook i revolved behind the bushes the cook ought to be in bed by this time so ought i i was not that was a certainty perhaps the cook was not if not why it was very wrong of her not to be i concluded virtuously the moments passed and still no sound from the pantry of voices had charlie fallen down in a fit instead of the doctor i crept from my hiding-places and essayed a faint whistle recognizing us all as a call no answer boston i ejaculated feeling sure now that the doctor could not possibly be there then as i watched the casement as anxiously as any lover could that of his mistress i saw something appear at it by the light of the moon it looked black and shiny if the shock had not deprived me of motion i should have fled i could not flee so i stood bravely to my post and shook like jelly what was it i felt like hamlet when he saw the ghost of his father but i did not apostrophize it i knew better at least i had not sufficient choice shakespearean language at my tongue's end to do so becomingly travers angels and ministers my name in boston's voice in a moment the roaring in my ears ceased and my muscles gained strength is that you charlie i asked sensibly enough phew why why hang it boston what's up eh up all over me choking me treacle gasped my friend creeping through the windows with difficulty as he spoke and losing his balance as he reached the ground he fell against me stuck to me disengaged himself and finally stood upright treacle i ejaculated with a roar which even though the doctor might have heard i could not suppress as charlie began clearing out his eyes and mouth with his already sticky fists yes treacle crossly you needn't laugh at that bob and make such a confounded fool of yourself he growled i stumbled somehow and fell face forward into a pan of it don't make such a row trevors as i continued my cachination and held my aching sides i might have been smothered for all you would have cared by jove smothered in treacle what a butt of malsmy would be a natural death in comparison the treacle we have for our puddings and with our brimstone i gasped at last yes here the ludicrous aspect of affairs struck the martyr and he joined me in my merriment i didn't know where i was going until i was in it he continued 
ugh i shall hate treacle like poison for the rest of my life where are the other fellows sneaked away thought omega had caught you cowards at this moment a low whistle a danger signal from the boys just announced caused us to hurry from the spot and reaching the rope ladder we were up it like cats gaining our room just in time to find that by the light shining under the door some one was on the alert get under my bed i whispered to charlie as his escape to his own room was cut off in his hurry and confusion he got into it i had no time to demur and jumped in after him just as the doctor suspicious and austere entered candlestick in hand noise in number three senior boy report i senior boy reported and replied by nasal demonstration which i flattered myself was a very good imitation of a sound snore robert travers in a voice which might almost have awakened the dead sir replied i robert as sleepily as i could somebody waking up this room and talking if brevity is the soul of wit then old omega was the wittiest fellow i ever came across although he never looked it he always spoke sharply and to the point and gave us our due in the same manner now as he jerked his sentence out he approached nearer charlie like a certain big bird seemed to fancy that because his own face was hidden and he could see no one it followed that no one could see him whereas half his head was exposed to view i sat up in bed hurriedly giving my companion a vicious kick of caution as i explained to the doctor that little simpson walked and talked in his sleep at which little simpson in a corner of the room groaned audibly simpson jr what do you mean by walking in your sleep sir simpson groaned again and the doctor thinking he was snoring continued he eats too much must diet him a dose of brimstone and treacle i felt boston jump in the morning will do him good cooling remind me travers by the way sir how come it you are awake please sir you woke me awaken me sir i stammered hem doubtfully whom have you in bed with you eh as boston rendered uncomfortable by his sticky face had moved with me sir i murmured vaguely yes sir with you come on out whoever it is roared omega without further parley but boston remained still as a mouse struck dumb with anger and astonishment that a boy should have the impudence to stop in when he ordered him to come out the doctor strode round to charlie's side and lay hands on the miscreant to have him out by force but no sooner than he had felt the vicious state of our hero than he withdrew him per perceptibly with the pious ejaculation good heavens what is the matter with him necessitas non habit legium i being senior boy had to report i did so trembling and imitated the doctor in my brevity matter sir treacle sir treacle 
in a voice of concentrated thunder if you know what that is like his mother sent him a pot of treacle sir and he and he thought was potamum sir and and my imaginative powers fell before the lightning of the doctor's glance whose mother boston sir boston come out and boston after some little delay caused in having to detach himself from his surroundings came forth like a lamb i mean like a black sheep what the dev but i drew a curtain over the rest the doctor was profane and he hurt my feelings very much poor old treacle the name stuck to him ever after well i went to his wedding and with the exception that at the critical part of the ceremony he dropped the ring which after we had all scrambled on our knees for was found in the bride's veil he went through the happiest day of his life without a mistake as for myself in searching for that ring i knocked my head against treacle's sisters and it upset me a thrill went through me which was most painfully pleasant at the breakfast table i became sentimental in making my speech for the ladies i caught her treacle's sister's eye she smiled and i lost the thread of my discourse it was a very slender thread and i never found it again until one day i was wandering round somebody's garden with my arm round treacle's sister's waist and but that doesn't matter she is a jolly little thing though treacle's sister is end of section twenty eight recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc